0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
1: Check out my new show. Nicola Talent presents "Getting Away with Murder" live at Liberty Hall on September 20th. Brought to you by MCD. Tickets on sale at Ticketmaster.ie.
0: You know it comes at a price. This this fabulous lifestyle, this this party lifestyle, hanging out in Burj Al Arab, you know, having a, a multi-million euro wedding. You know, having Nero vodka launches in in exclusive nightclubs in Marbella, it comes with a price. You know, it's not for free. You know, and it's not just paid for with cash, it's paid quite often in people's blood.
1: I'm Nicola Tallant, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Flash Johnny Morrissey became the first of the Kinahan Seven to be arrested this week when Spanish police swooped on him for laundering a phenomenal €350,000 a day for the mob. The Kinnahan Enforcer, named along with the top command of Christy Kinnahan Senior and his sons Daniel and Christopher Junior during US sanctions, is now behind bars and sources say he has reached the end of the road in his criminal career which has spanned decades. For years Morrissey believed he was untouchable and lived first in Kinsale in Cork and later on the Costa del Crime where his luxury villa is a monument to the Roman Emperor Nero. Today, I'm talking with my Sunday World colleague Eamon Dillon about the sensational developments in the global policing effort to dismantle the Kinahan Mafia and about the life and crimes of one of its most violent enforcers. This is Crime World, a podcast from SundayWorld.com. Very big news, Eamon, that uh, Johnny Morrissey has been arrested along with his wife, Nicola, who has since been released. She was, of course, the CEO of the Nero Vodka Company, which was uh, the, one of the companies named during the US sanctions. And he, the US Treasury told us, Johnny Morrissey, was the Kinahan's enforcer.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of the news in one sense we've been waiting for. It's, you know, it's just the first time we've seen some I suppose, tangible results from being put on the the, the, in, the the international sanctions system. So it's interesting to see this, although I do notice that um, the Civil Guard, in their own statement that they put out this morning, said that this particular operation began um, in January uh, uh, 2021, which would predate, um, as far as we know, the announcement by the, the Office of Foreign Assets Confiscation that they had their eye on Johnny Morrissey. And that was when they, they found... Um, uh, 200 kilos of cocaine in Malaga and uh, and 500,000 euro in in a vehicle with special uh hiding compartments for it. so then they knew that they were onto um you know a sophisticated operation at that stage but look I'm I'm sure um it, 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 without, without a doubt it's linked I mean in, again in the same statements they, they they listed all the the police forces that are involved and it includes um you know the guards the DEA the Dutch police as well as as well as their own um various police forces as well so i mean look it is it's something that we've been waiting to see there's been a lot of speculation about you know where the kinhens are um some of it possibly inaccurate even at this stage like it's hard to know
1: they're in dubai i can tell you that they're not they haven't fled dubai they're still there as far as the uh as far as the guardie here are aware uh, the senior guardy who are actually monitoring their their movements so that's where they are, but I mean, you talk about uh, the the Civil Guard in Spain l- listing the details of that shipment in in January twenty twenty. Is it uh, twenty one? Um, yeah, twenty one. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we do know is that the push for to bring on board the the US and the development of this sort of fight against the Kinnehan's from a financial basis dates back at least to 2017 to Daniel Kinnehan's wedding and that the Irish Gardaí senior management were liaising with their US authorities, certainly from 2018. Now, I think COVID probably delayed some of it, but that plan has been in place. We weren't privy to it maybe all the way back then, but the plan was to go after the money. Um, and certainly, when you think that Morrissey was laundering 350,000 a day through a vodka company, I mean, what sort of money have these Kennehan mob made? Billions, we know that, but how many?
0: Well, it's, it's certainly an insight. I mean, you know, it looks like that over the last 18 months, it's been something like 200 million euro um, has been laundered through various systems. Um, I mean, they had, uh, they, they, they talked about Morrissey having, you know, as well as the, the, The firm, the the Nero drinks firm, they also had uh, a company based in Gibraltar, which is, you know, that kind of um, British enclave at the southern part of Spain that was always associated with cigarette smuggling and so on. And probably, you know, 30, 40 years ago was half the reason why the Costa del Sol became the Costa del Crime, because it was a a nice place for English-speaking gangsters to go and not feel too far away from home. Uh, But, I mean, an interesting one was that um, they talked about this system of... uh, Hawala, um which is something that, believe it or not, we actually have written about before in the Sunday world. I don't know if you remember, we did stuff about the, the Irish tarmac and crews going to Australia, and they used the very same system. They'd hand over a bag of money. So
1: explain it, Eamon, explain it, because you know me and figures and money laundering, I don't really totally get on top of it or understand it, so that's why you're here.
0: It's, it's a, look, it's, it's an ancient system. It's been around since the medieval times, uh, as far as I understand, you know, a, a Muslim, good Muslims, aren't allowed to borrow or lend money. But a way of, if you wanted to have to travel through the Silk Road or go somewhere dangerous, um, you'd basically hand over your your cash to to somebody who would then write an encrypted note, and then when you get to the your destination, you'd hand this encrypted note to another agent of the, uh, the hawala system, and you'd get your money back. And it's as simple as that. Whereas nowadays, you know, if you have a, a a big criminal gang with a wad of money in ireland and you have another criminal gang with a big wad of money in wherever in the world all you need to do is send a message and say you know here's 50 grand to your guys in spain one of my guys is going to be in ireland next week and he's going to be you know looking for that back and that's fine it's no worries and that's that's the way it works i mean you, you see guys turn up in their shorts and t-shirt posing as tourists when they're after illegally entering the states and they're able to collect their money and, and move on, and get straight back, straight into business, and that and that's the way it works. It's it's as simple as that. It's it, you know it's just down to trust.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that it's basically down to trust, and and obviously if you screw up and don't pay back the money, you don't get involved in it again. But it's a system of trust that you give me this, and I'll give it back to you this way. It's sort of like you're not physically transporting the money around the world. The money remains in in place,
0: but it's almost like it's almost it's almost like uh, sending your money by wire, by by moneygram or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 in in a sense, it's a similar system. Um, You know, you have an agent at one end who has the cash, has the readies and then an agent at the other end who has also has the same amount of cash or more, whatever is needed. And, you know, the message is
1: like, you know, somebody somebody might have 50 grand or 10,000. But are we talking about this system being working on the basis of 350,000 a day? It certainly looks
0: like it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 50, 60, 100 grand wouldn't be, I don't think, is a, a big amount of cash these days. I mean, when you, you know, we've talked about this before, the economics of the co- cocaine trade, you know, at whatever it is, 78, 76,000 street value for something that you buy for, Nine hundred dollars in in Peru, so you know when you're when you're flogging nine or ten uh, as a as a small as a relatively small gang in Dublin, like you know you, you generate those kind of sums pretty quick, and you've got a lot of cash, so you're quite ha- you're probably quite happy to hand it over to somebody, you know, from a, a more serious gang that you can then, you know, say look, buy an apartment in wherever, you know, with that money, and you never have to leave the country with a big bag of money, take that risk of it getting seized by customs or anyone else. Now, obviously. In some cases, because we do see cash still being seized, so obviously in some countries, possibly Ireland is is an exception in that we'd be we'd be heavy consumers. Um, so it probably generates more cash than it can actually disperse to other other gangsters. I mean, if you're a Russian outfit or a Chinese gang or whatever, you don't particularly need to have huge amounts of money in Ireland. So I mean, they're not going to be much used to you as an Irish drug dealer for 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 you know for doing halawa swaps, so to speak. So you probably find that you know Irish gangsters need. To, are probably one of the few that need to get more cash out. Whereas if you're even if you were based in the UK, you'd have more opportunities for investment and and that kind of thing.
1: Now Johnny Morrissey is the first of the we'll call them the Mob Seven that were named by the uh, during the sanctions. Morrissey was the described as the enforcer. Ian Dixon, uh, who is a long time and I think related to Daniel Kinnahan, uh, was running a company called Hop Ho boxing promotions through the US there was obviously Christy Kinnahan, senior the dapper don his sons Daniel and uh, Christopher junior Bernard Clancy a childhood friend of the Kinnahans, uh, from Oliver the Oliver Bond area and the seventh of course was Sean McGovern who we were told is wanted on a murder charge here in Ireland he um there's a, there's a warrant out for his arrest you'd like to think that he will be the next one to be swept up um as far as I know, McGovern and the Kinnhans remain in Dubai and uh, the clock is ticking. I'm sure they're, they're watching with absolute trepidation as the likes of Morrissey is hauled in by the Spanish, who they always trusted would never really do anything or succeed at anything uh, following the Operation Shovel disaster of 2010. Um, but let's have a little look at Morrissey, who he is and how long he's been linked to the mob. I just had a quick scoot back over stuff I've been writing in recent years. And the first time uh, in recent years, I find uh, a a piece about Johnny Morrissey is 2015. At that point, he's building this enormous villa out in Malaga. Um, He was previously a cab target, which was why he was relevant uh, for a story in in the Sunday World. Uh, He was dealing with the builders. He was at that stage, very active on Facebook and pretty much showing off the developments in this Like, I wouldn't even like to guess how much money was pumped into this house. It was a swimming pool and, you know, he had these statues of Roman emperors all over it. He had actually had a specially designed stained glass window. The height of the whole house shipped in and he was showing that off. But he was also at that point liaising and communicating with a guy called Dahi Douglas who was in a hospital bed recovering from a shooting. Now Dahi Douglas would later be shot dead as part of the kinnahan Hutch feud and Freddie Thompson is serving uh, life in prison for his murder. But Dahi Douglas knew uh, Morrissey and he was asking him, he was telling him, complimenting him on the house and asking him you know could he come over and where could he stay and Morrissey was giving him a little bit of a a tummy rubbing and telling him he could have the best bedroom and all this was just quite a, a curious connection. And of course, both of those would have been connected through not the Kinahans initially, but the Penguin, Georgie Mitchell, my old pal, because that's really where Morrissey first came to prominence.
0: That would have been, at that time, pe- the Penguin would have fled Ireland, um, you know, around the same time that Johnny Morrissey was under pressure from Cab. I mean, they all kind of realised that there were... You know, that the Criminal Assets uh, Bureau, the newly formed group and the legislation backing them, you know, had really kind of brought an end to their time, lording it over. Bomber Kavanaugh was another of, of kind of the big names at that stage who, who, who left Ireland. And like, you know, and, and there's people who argue and, you know, and, and, you know, and we don't really know. But I mean, the likes of Obama Kavanaugh was probably bigger than Christy Kinahan Sr. Um, certainly in the early days, maybe even up until recently, and, and the same with uh, the Penguin, like George Mitchell. Like, you know, it's quite possible that, you know, in fact, it, it's it's quite probable that he is bigger than the Canadiens. They've managed to, on the surface, as far as we can see, seem to have managed to stay separate.
1: Well, he's certainly slipped the net so far, hasn't he? Just... Go back a little bit to tell us what a Mancunian like Johnny Morrissey was doing in Ireland and why he was a cab target here. why did he come to Ireland? Do we know?
0: Well, he was part of a wave of expat criminals from outside of Ireland who who moved here because they saw it basically as a soft touch. You know, it was it was an English-speaking country. Um, you know, they could have a reasonably comfortable lifestyle. You, you know, if if a, if a similar you know, if a if a similar gangster was was in a place like thailand or whatever you'd have to be spending a lot of money on bribing the local police chief presumably you know that wasn't happening here um so i mean there, there was a lot of there, there was a lot of good reasons you're close to the uk you're close to europe in plenty of in, international flights so it was a good place to set up shop um and, and morrissey was one of an, an, just a number of people he, he you know he he was far from being you know the biggest there was a you know a fairly major uh, dutch drug dealer based here you had the likes of mickey green you know, who, who was out in, in North Kildare at the time. You know, so you know, and they're you know, driving big cars, you know, living living the life. Um, you know, Morrissey kind of, you know, pumped a load of money into this restaurant in Kinsale at the time. You know, he you know, was a man about town with his trophy wife, Annalise. He got the nickname Johnny Cash because, you know, he'd been spotted, you know, uh, handing out money for, you know, ver- various works, um, you know, for all the construction work he was getting done. And he had this, you know, usually a suitcase of cash he'd pay people from. He annoyed locals a little bit because he was using kind of builders that he knew who'd come over from from the UK. Uh, now, I, but he was he, a, he came from a serious gangland background. I mean, like we've been told since that, you know, he was a suspect in something like 38 murders in the UK. Like, he, he, you know, he made threats against uh, senior members of, of CAB at the time. Like, this guy, when Cunningham when was still serving, Cunningham Senior was still serving his his time for, um, uh, I think it was uh, forged checks or something like that in, in leash Prison. And when Daniel was still a teenager, he was doing deals with, with, with Russians. You know, he had, he had an ocean-going, an ocean-going ridgeable boat, uh, they suspect now that, you know, large consignments of cocaine were being dropped off the coast. That he was going out to see picking these up, uh, and, and making a huge amount of money. And when Cab came calling, and and you know they busted up his operation a bit. By all accounts, he got his arms and legs broken in when he went to went to to meet um, some of some of these Russian mafia. So like he was a, he he was he was much further up the league table, so to speak, in in the underworld at that stage. And he certainly would have been a guy that you know, Christy can senior would have gravitated towards, he'd see his worth, you know, it's quite possible, you know, how they met, I don't know, you know, you can, you can assume it's through mutual acquaintances, um, you know, they're both hanging out possibly in the same places at the time in Marbella, they, you know, or would have definitely would have been some kind of mutual acquaintance. And there was obviously a bit of work there. I mean, his arrest now, when you think about it, 350,000 a day, that's gonna that's gonna cut a little you know hole into your into your lifestyle in Dubai if you know that money is is kind of needed to keep things going and to to keep buying the roof over your head keep buying your safety from from the authorities so you know the going after the money trail has always been a good option I think for law enforcement and you know it certainly puts the squeeze on and it's quite possible that some of the lower down members of the gang aren't going to be seeing the same money as they were. But then again, you know, he, he, they're, they're quite a, an adaptable organisation. I'm sure there's more than one Johnny Morrissey working for them. But he, like he, he is considered quite big. I think the, the Spanish police regard it as one, as, as one of the... is the most important international criminal organisation that operate in Spain dedicated to money laundering. So while there might be other Johnny Morrissey's, I doubt they're going to be as big and as important as him.
1: But isn't it incredible, like, when when you see that happening, that... Here was I writing about him in 2015 because I was monitoring him on Facebook as he was putting it all out there for anybody to see. I mean, I wasn't, uh, you know, necessarily a friend. It was pretty public, the stuff he was doing. By 2018, I noted uh, a story that he was moving into potato vodka. And that he was going to try and sell it here in Ireland as well. And I think I made a quip that he was hoping to recoup the money that he'd lost to the Criminal Assets Bureau in this new venture. Nero Vodka was established and it was established in, there was no hiding this uh, company. I mean, this was, there was parties in Marbella, in in. In just during COVID actually when we were all probably in lockdown and Spain because of its sunnier climes were able to party outside. Morrissey and his wife had a huge big knees up in Marbella to launch Nero. They had hired dancers, fire eaters. There was many models and well-known sort of names from both Ireland and the UK in attendance. It was a guest list. They had a press relations company that were putting out statements about this party. And they had a a photographer that was doing proper professional photographs. So as the news about the launch of this company could be uh, make its way into the mainstream media and into, um, you know, local social magazines. So in the name of God, what did they think they were doing? I mean, they weren't t- trying to hide anything. They were doing all of this in open sight. It's a measure of just how incredibly untouchable the Kinnahan organisation believed it was. Yeah, and
0: I mean, obviously, Daniel Kinnan fell into the same trap, you know, when he started to try and reinvent himself as a boxing promoter, stroke coach, whisperer, whatever his role was, you know, deal maker, all this sort of stuff. You know, having his picture taken with you know, Pakistani government ministers and... You know, you know, big name international boxers, like Tyson Fury, you know, talking about him openly. I mean, you, you would imagine there must have been an incredible streak of arrogance that you you, you seriously thought that people were going to buy it, that, you know, somehow you're now this legitimate business person. I mean, like going back to Johnny Morrissey and his wife, Nicola, I mean, at one point they were going to, um, I think they were on the point of... of uh, Sponsoring like a professional soccer team in in Scotland, you know, That's which right. would have had their Nero mm. Nero brand on on TV, presumably like you know, when matches have been played. I mean, it, it really was like you know. I, I mean, maybe maybe it's a case of hiding in plain sight or something like that. But I mean, I mean, talk about making it you know relatively easy for the likes of you and me by you know posting stuff up on social yeah. media. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm fully for it. I, I I fully encourage all gangsters out there, really, you know, to. Increase your, your media profile, you know, if, if for nothing else, it makes me and Nicola quite happy. <laughs> but um, I, Absolutely. Mean, they're, they're da- but I mean, they're it does actually it does speak to the fact that they thought they were untouchable or that they were so far removed from their original roots that they thought they'd gotten away with it. And to be honest, they have gotten away with a lot. I mean, there's 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 various unsolved murders, you know, I mean, we're joking about it there. But, you know, there is, you know, some serious criminal activity in the background that have left grieving families I mean, you mentioned Dahi Douglas. He he was in he, he was involved in, you know, in in the underworld himself, and he was shot dead and murdered, you know, um, you know, on the orders of. I mean, it's it's Freddie Thompson who's serving time for that now, but I mean, you know, it comes at a price. This this fabulous lifestyle, this this party lifestyle, hanging out in, you know, the Burj al-Arab, you know, having a, a multi-million euro wedding, you know, having Nero vodka launches in in exclusive nightclubs in Marbella. It comes at a price, you know, it's not for free, you know, and it's not just paid for with cash. It's paid quite often in people's blood.
1: And, you know, the likes of Johnny Morrissey and the way he's been living and eating, because my goodness, he likes his grub. Um, Fat shaming Johnny Morrissey there. But uh, like for him to go from the way he's been living to a Spanish prison, and I've spoken to people who've been in Spanish jails, they are not pleasant places. I mean, you know, Irish, the Irish prison system is far more luxurious than the Spanish. There's uh, certainly uh, very dangerous jails. In some cases, they don't appear to have heating or aircon. And given the climate over there, either freezing cold or 40 degrees, uh, very, very, very harsh conditions. But he is, and certainly my information this morning, is that there's a rock-solid case against Johnny Morrissey. And he is facing probably the rest of his days, or certainly his... uh, his healthy days behind bars.
0: Well, I mean, a rock solid case is also another way of saying he's got a great incentive to start talking to the the various agencies. And I mean, isn't it? While the guards or the the guard of Seville may not do a deal, the Americans just might. So, I mean, he could be possibly the key for you know extraditing the Kinahans to the U.S. if they can link them to to crimes that affect their citizens, which. Being the size of the organisation they are, with the with the the stretch they have, they could have done so even unwittingly. Um, I mean, certainly, you know, if you go back to the, the huge um, shipping container shipping um, ship <laughs> that was that was Guyane, the, the yes. Guyan that was that was caught in Philadelphia. I mean, if they can link that definitively to the the Kenahan cartel, that's enough to put them away for life. I mean, it was twenty tons of cocaine worth, you know, uh, hundreds of millions. There's already, I think, nine people have been convicted and, and sentenced to prison in the U.S. for that. I mean, that, that's that's just one we, we, that we know of that, you know, there was, there was, it, that we believe was linked at the time to the Kinhan cartel. So, I mean, if that's the kind of thing they're looking at, um, they're, they're going to be in serious trouble. And, I mean, as you say, Johnny Morrissey likes his food. He likes the lifestyle. He may realise if he's going to get another, you know, decent Burger King out of it, he's going to have to start talking. And his best option is going to be talking to the DEA. It's not going to be talking to the Spanish police, or you know, or to the guards. And I think, I think the the European police forces recognise that, and, and that was obviously, you know, behind I suppose the lobbying, for, for lack of a better word, by the Irish police to get the Americans involved, or the you know, trying to encourage the Americans to get involved. And and we know from what happened last April, from you know, that was a high-powered delegation and putting five million on their head, you know, each of the, the three Kinahans was no small thing um if you remember the 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 OFAC former officer Brian O'Toole that we spoke to like he said you know to be honest he says it it sounds like there's already a sealed indictment that they already have something so maybe this is going to be the breakthrough or the final you know the final piece in 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 the game of chess that they're playing or you know it it doesn't sound like look, you know I mean it sounds like this is part of a strategy
1: And it is, and It is, and it's been a strategy all along. And I do have to say, I think it's been the most extraordinary story. It will be the most extraordinary story of both our careers and and following it onwards because it's not over yet. But the idea that uh, the Irish, well, first of all, that we created a mob as significant as the Kinnehan's, and I'm not saying that proudly, um, a mob whose money laundering has actually threatened the stability of the dollar uh, brought on board the U.S. authorities, the first European gang to be sanctioned by the U.S. in the same way as the Russian oligarchs. And to, to think that the strategy to take them down was developed, created here in Ireland with their own Gardaí, I think, you know, that is a story that will continue to emerge. And it was the guards that lobbied all the way with their international partners and the US to come together to bring down this mob. And what's happening now in real time is really a blueprint for policing of the future. And any grouping that gets as big as this, it'll be sanctions, it'll be it'll be after the money that they, they'll go for and, you know, pick up any criminal charges they can against them along the way. Because as you and I well know, the higher you go up any of these organisations, the less hands-on you are to the dirty work um, and that's why it's so difficult to actually uh, to to bring in the, the bosses. But look, for the moment, we'll um, park this. We'll have a little think about Johnny Morrissey. Might even write a little piece for the web later on today if I have time. And um, we shall regroup when the next big blow comes, which I suspect won't be too long so Amy Dillon thank you very much thank you Nicola we'll talk to you soon you've been listening to Crime World a podcast from sundayworld.com produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me Nicola Talent. research assistant is Claude Amini. if you like this show and love true crime leave us a review or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe